Content warning. Tone Deaf is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the shows we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. dead or repo the opera would be the next show that Warren would see I had big plans for something really scary like Phantom again or maybe Carrie but suddenly Warren Forgot about this show Forgot the plant monster Forgot the eclipse Suddenly Warren Changed all my plans this month Little shop of horrors How'd you forget this? How did he ever forget the reference? Mystery plant bought by some hapless jerk. Does he remember Steve Martin, the dentist? Probably not. God, I have so much work. Suddenly Warren is going to Okay, so 
misnomer from that little musical intro. Uh, I actually decided we're not going to be seeing the movie of Little Shop of Horrors today. <laughs> well, the reason why, and I'll get into it more, is that I like the stage version better. Fair. And I'm the one who picks these. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I also have seen the movie. And you I have, have seen the movie. It's I... been a long time. I have not seen the stage play. Yes, and the stage play is different. There are going to be some key differences, especially at the end, <laughs> which is part of why I like it better. So uh, the version we're going to be seeing is the American Theater of San Jose's <gasps> version of Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, you remember them. I do remember what them. What did we see? They did the uh, Flower Drum Song Revival. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they did. And they did and a great job. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited for that. We'll do the movie eventually. Um I really wish that there was a version of the Pasadena Playhouse's production of Little Shop of Horrors. It's MJ Rodriguez. Yes, and I love her, and I want to see her do more than just suddenly see more. But, like, I found it, and it's, uh, it's, it's available, but it's a crappy bootleg. It's... It's, it's the bootleggiest it's, of bootlegs? It is about the same film quality as Spider-Man. Ah, so it's a... It's, a, mm-hmm. it's an amputee bootleg. It's... Oh, man. So, yeah, with all of that out of the way, welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater <laughs> nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd who sucks at introductions. <sighs> and I'm... I'm Warren. I just... Oh, I haven't been feeling right today. Yeah? Yeah. Is it latte again, or...? I mean, I, I just, I didn't sleep well. I've I've been, uh, been so lightheaded and dizzy today. I've got these, these weird marks on my arms that look like, like bites. Oh. Like, I don't think we have bed bugs. No, no. I mean, yeah. So I just, but I just, I don't, I don't know if something's been nibbling me, or just... I just, maybe I'm coming down with something. I don't know. I it, It's very reminiscent of uh, when I have donated blood and just kind of that wooziness. The one time. Yeah. Call me out in front of everybody. Let me know I'm <laughs> squeamish. Love you hey, too, babe. Now, now you've learned that you can do it. And I'm jealous of you for being able to. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Coincidentally, do you like the new fly trap in the office it's a cute little guy i was gonna ask you about that once i finish soiling myself what the hell is it it's 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 our little it's our little our little uh fly trap baby and i named him warren jr i do not want to be associated with that thing it's creepy as all hell and i don't trust it i'm sensing an ominous presence from it something that wishes me harm I, I found it on the porch, actually, and I was like, aw, our neighbors are sweet, and they know that, like, this is this is their little olive branch to me, after all of the signs that we've been seeing, so <laughs> that that's great. I'm, I'm assuming it was a neighbor. It didn't really have any note on it. It was just on the step. Did you smell uh, brimstone or sulfur when no, you picked it up? No, don't be mean. It... I do have to share distilled water with it, though. Well, I mean, that's a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> he he can't have all my breathing water. So yeah, we're going to do Little Shop of Horrors. I have concerns. Hey, it, it, here's the thing, though, is that in the original 1960 movie, he wasn't just a fly trap. 
uh, Audrey, it, it was Audrey Jr. in the original movie. And Audrey Jr. was a hybrid of a flytrap and a butterwort, which are two different carnivorous plants. This is just a little fly flytrap. I have a question. Yes. Audrey is, is, wait, wait, okay, okay. This is going to be a, a really, this is either going to be a duh question <laughs> or it's going to be an oh my god, you and your smooth brain question. <laughs> is Audrey the name of the love interest? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. That's always what I thought. Yes. Because I, like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen this and yes. I couldn't remember. And I couldn't remember if the plant was named after the love interest and that's why it's audrey too or if it was Mm -hmm. but when you said audrey jr that made me kind of go i don't think women are juniors usually not but the movie the movie's fucking wild (laughs) (laughs) like the the original 1960 movie which i'll i'll talk about it a little bit um in in my little introduction here uh, I wanted to talk about it more, but we're not a history of film podcast, so I couldn't really justify us watching the movie. Is it not a musical? It is not just a musical. Straight, okay, just a it is film. a straight film. Uh, yeah, you keep that out of here, Kay. I know you have a film degree, <laughs> but we are a musical theater podcast, goddammit. So, um, Little Shop of Horrors, as a musical did not start as the movie. It actually did start on stage. Uh, The stage production is uh, based on the non-movie musical Little Shop of Horrors that had Jack Nicholson playing a masochist that went to the dentist shop. That's dentist shop. Jesus. (laughs) That's that's the place where you buy dentists. Yeah, you you go up and you've got to get one, though, that doesn't talk to you when his fingers are in your mouth because... That just makes me want to bite the fingers off, because it's like, you asshole, I can't talk to you. Stop asking how I day was. Yeah. <laughs> I would settle for one who doesn't uh, give me gas every single time, and then I wake up with a funny taste in my mouth. And my butt hurts. That's why I don't go to the dentist. I'm uncomfortable now. Um, so, the 1960s film of Little Shop of Horrors... Let's chalk it up to the wooziness. Was a a low-budget... Low-budget. Low-budget Roger Corman film uh, written by Charles B. Griffith, and it may have been based on Green Thoughts by John Collier or Arthur C. Clarke's The Reluctant Orchid, which had its roots <laughs> on the H.G. Wells' The Flowering of the Strange Orchid. Uh, the ending of the stage play is going to actually pull from the ending of the film, which is dark as fuck. <laughs> but it's more locally dark rather than globally dark. The If, if we're going to talk about like which one's darker... I would say that... Well, I mean, obviously it's going to be the one that was black and white. But um God damn it. So, the... It'll it'll make sense um, a little bit, and we'll talk about it with... Because you've never seen the stage version, no, right? Never, never, ever. The only thing I've ever seen from the stage version is when you showed me... Uh, just a snippet from the Suddenly Seymour song with, um, MJ, with MJ Rodriguez. Yeah. And that's that's all I've ever seen of any stage okay, version. Okay, awesome. 
I'm going to stop then from comparing the film and the stage version so that you don't... You don't spoil anything. Yeah, I don't spoil anything for you. So, Little Shop of Horrors, the musical, began off-off-Broadway at the Workshop of the Players Art Foundation, running from May 6th to June 6th of 1982. How many off-off-Broadways do you have to be before you're just performing in an alley somewhere? (laughs) I feel like that's the off-off-Broadway, you know? Because you have Broadway, then you have off-Broadway. I feel like off-off-Broadway is just the back alley behind, like, a Chinese restaurant, you know? It's the Rat Puppet Theater. (laughs) No! Do it again! (laughs) Or you won't get your cheese! God, this got fucking dark. um... Well, we are black and white. God damn it. Please continue, Kay. Stop being easily distracted by me. (laughs) So, this one is going to be another Alan Mankin show. My name is familiar. Sorry. The the look of resignation on your face when I said that. I'm just, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I mank it like. It wasn't last week, was it? No. Last week was Ned. Oh, yeah. The week before that was Ned. But then we had two two Ned weeks. We had two episodes of the same Alan Mankin show this year. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> right before Ned's. I know. But this is 2020, so that's like forever ago. Uh, Go on and seize the day, Warren. I did guy, but that got I'm kicking Kay's chair. That's what that noise is as my smooth brain struggles. Are you the king of New York? I, it's on the tip of my goddamn tongue. <laughs> Newsies! God damn it! I'm gonna put my head through that window. (laughs) Oh man. Oh, I laughed so hard my head hurt. (laughs) Oh god. Um, so (laughs) Alan Menken did this with Howard Ashman, who we talked about a little bit in that Newsies episode. Um, Ashman was the lyricist and also wrote the book of the musical. Um, Howard Ashman's the one who was Alan Menken's writing partner until uh, 1991 when he passed from AIDS. Oh. Um, and I, I'd like to do more of Howard, uh, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken's shows in the future and talk more about their writing and all that stuff, but that's neither here nor there for this episode. So, Ashman talks about in his introduction to the libretto that this satirizes many things, science fiction, B-movies, musical comedy itself, and even the Faust legend. That hits really hard with the stage version, even more so than the film, in my opinion. The Faust legend is the making the deal with the devil, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Woo! Look at me remembering something. Yes. Good job. Well, watch that opera eventually. It's it's a fun opera, kind of. Um, Dark ending. The ending of this 
reminds me of the ending of Faust. <laughs> so the dark ending basically being, uh, it's one of those things of, uh, be careful what you wish for type of things. Yes, where... yes. And, uh, this and the 1960 movie, um, both have that feel to the ending. The 1960s movie, though, like I said, is more localized and has a lower body count of our main characters, but <laughs> Seymour is a fucking murderer. <laughs> like, he it, he doesn't get the... His, his reason for killing the dentist isn't as noble in the movie, in the 60s movie, as it is in the musical. He's got a fucking plant to feed. Yeah, that's the reason, basically, in the movie, is the plant hypnotizes him like, feed me. Whereas in this, it's, you know, he's... He, he has a reason to because he's abusing Audrey and then that starts a slippery slope of let's feed people to this plant. Um, hey, I know a few people who I wouldn't mind chucking into a carnivorous plant. True. Very true. There's the list. Um, <laughs> I'm checking it twice. <laughs> when the world's done with you, it'll be much more nice. Audrey is hungry. It's not Christmas. <laughs> God, I love you. <laughs> Even though I have a very smooth brain. <laughs> it's the curse of the witch. I wonder what will cure the curse of the witch. I don't know. I don't know either. Cause... I have to make out with a frog. I think that if we go back to our End of the Woods episode, we might remember what the witch said. And I think that you decided, fuck it, because of oh. how complicated her her shit was that's right um but so i i feel like uh this is the stage version uh i feel like it is a pretty good damnation of the american dream and capitalism and greed and stuff way more than the 1986 film version that you've watched because you know they still get their a uh, house with a white picket fence and everything at the end of that version. Mm, this ain't gonna be that happy. This ain't gonna be that happy at all. Well, it wouldn't be spoopy month with, with happy endings. It wouldn't be spoopy month with a happy ending. So, the off-Broadway opening of Little Shop of Horrors was July 27th, 1982 at the Orpheum Theater, and it ran for five years to a critical acclaim, taking home the drama desk for Outstanding Musical, among other awards. When it closed, it was the third longest-running musical and highest-grossing production off-Broadway. Wow. Yeah, and its success is going to pay off for it uh, a little bit later in this little story. So, a Broadway production was proposed, but Ashman was like, nah, it likes it off-Broadway, which also <laughs> meant that it was ineligible for a Tony at the time. It likes it off-Broadways. Yes, it does. Well, and this is going to kind of uh, come back when we talk about when it finally did make it to Broadway. Because it's it's got an intimate feel to it when it's off-Broadway. Mm, how the, intimate? Jesus Christ, or... <laughs> um, so, it... it, it 
the feel of it once you try to make it a big Broadway production. It's kind of like what I talked about with You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, where... Gotcha. Yeah, it, it changes the feel a little bit if you try to do too much with it. Yeah, it's hard to picture You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown in, like, a big, huge auditorium theater, like... And with hundreds was. and hundreds of people and stuff like that. And when it was on Broadway, it was. And I'll, I'll get into it in a minute with this. So, uh, fun fact on Audrey 2. Audrey 2 was designed by Muppeteer Martin P. Robertson, Robinson. Martin P. Robinson, who also performed as Telly, Snuffleupagus, and you'll like this, Leonardo. Nice. Yes. Uh, these designs for the puppet are actually sent along with the libretto when you rent the show from MTI, which is nice of them. And some theaters will actually rent out the puppet that they made if they produced the show previously as well, which is also nice which of them. Which is nice. Community of theater helping theater. Yes, I approve of that. The film version was released in 1986, and again, we'll cover that one a little bit more when we get to it, but it's a happier ending and... I feel like it doesn't hit as good as the ending of this. It doesn't hit the right spots? Mm-mm. doesn't hit the right spots. It it misses the G spot. <laughs> I knew where you were going. <laughs> I knew where you were going. So Hey, there's very few times I don't need directions. This is, this is true. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> so, this is the thing. That I was telling you earlier. That I saw this. And it made me mad. (laughs) Because the film and the stage version were wildly successful. Very, very successful. Unfortunately, they were successful in the late 80s. So, wait, okay, okay. So, okay, okay. I think I know where you're going with this. Maybe. I'm going to guess. Were they in that like period where they were successful, but nothing was able to happen because it was like a theater crash? No. Oh, fuck me then. So think about stuff. Uh, think about what used to happen with properties when they wanted to try and expose kids to them in the 90s. Things like Muppets or Flintstones or Tom and Did Jerry or Scooby-Doo. Did try to do a, a cartoon of this show okay silent clicks on their computer preparing to reveal something that's going to make me very unhappy probably oh i was so mad when i saw this i was so mad what oh my god i have oh my god holy shit i have just unrepressed memories i remember seeing that yeah i yeah i remember remember seeing this abomination i remember seeing this if i had to I think I might have seen it on KUTV when I was a kid. It was it was a Fox cartoon called Fox. Little Shop. And oh, uh Oh my god. Here's, here's that... the intro. I'm gonna unrepress some shit for you. I am remembering this. Yeah. Yeah. I've, you know what? This might have <laughs> Yep. Yep. Sit back and 
You know, yo, connect with the kids. And, and not good hip-hop. Like no. Like shitty, uh, awful, it, horrible hip-hop. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, at least the animation style, it reminds me a bit of the uh, Beetlejuice cartoon, mm-hmm. but not as good as the Beetlejuice cartoon. Yeah. Um, I, so this is, this is, you've, this has made me remember something. This is actually how I ended up seeing the uh, movie version really? was I was seeing the cartoon first and I didn't really understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. And my mom had seen the cartoon was like, oh, this is based off of this. And then we ended up watching the movie at a point. And I liked the movie, didn't give, didn't care for the TV show at all. I probably saw an ad for the TV show and went, I fucking hate that art style. <laughs> <laughs> I... I think I just remember watching maybe an episode and then being like, nah, this isn't for me. Yeah, it was very short-lived. It was a 1991 musical. Or, not musical, show. But it was a musical, too. Like, the episodes, they sang every episode. And probably poorly. Probably poorly. And there's this bad hip-hop rapping And there's this part of me that's going, that would be a fun Patreon thing. But at the same time, I'm like, no, it wouldn't be fun. (laughs) It'd be a Patreon thing, but it wouldn't be fun. (laughs) It might be fun to rip it to pieces. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. (sighs) But yeah, they're all kids except for Mushnick. And so like, kid Seymour, kid Audrey, kid Audrey too. It's stupid as fuck. Audrey 2 was a kid, yeah, too? Yeah, Audrey 2's a kid. Yeah, it's singing with an adult black man's voice. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the same <laughs> thing as, like, Tom and Jerry kids or, hmm. uh, I think... A pup named Scooby-Doo. Yeah, right? a pup named... God. <laughs> but, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, What? No. And then I looked into it and I went, no! I forgot that was a thing. And now I am remembering. Grant, very, very blessedly, I have very few memories tied to that. Mm -hmm. Just bits and pieces right now. So I'm going to try and repress them right away. Yeah. I mean, I I (sighs) recognized bits of it, but I don't think I ever actually watched that show. I think that... Watched what? uh, Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, you won't remember until we do our Patreon stuff. So, <laughs> remember what, Kay? Do you want me to play it for you again? <laughs> no, please. Please, no. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, besides that thing, um, that's, that's what that, this show kind of spawned a little bit yeah. in, in the darker recesses of animation history. Yeah. So, other fun references for this, though, are two uh, different aspects of 50s and 60s pop culture. And uh, one that I particularly like is the name of our little Greek chorus of Chiffon, Ronette, and Crystal. 
named for the Chiffons, the Ronettes, and the Crystals, all girl groups of the 50s and 60s that uh, they are emulating. You said that with a, uh, a as-you'll-know tone, (laughs) which, as you know, I don't know. (laughs) It's okay, we'll do a full lesson on girl groups of the 50s and 60s in Motown when we do Dream Girls. So, um, as I said, though, Little Shop was very successful off-Broadway. Uh, its West End debu- debut was on Mama Kay's birthday, October 12th in 1983, so not her exact birthday, <laughs> but the same day. If, if your mom's birthday was 83 and your birthday was 88, <laughs> I would have some concerns. <laughs> five-year-old gives birth (laughs) oh god i shouldn't laugh because that's happened what yeah that's happened before okay we're not gonna get it we aren't getting into that please continue (laughs) so um uh they the west end production ran for 813 performances the Australian and Canadian productions began in 1984 and 1985, respectively, Copycats. respectfully, respectively, Jesus, and uh, became a very popular production for community theaters to mount. It didn't move to Broadway, though, until 2003. I feel like it'd be hard for community theaters to do just based on the puppetry needed for Audrey. Well, like I said, whenever they rent out the... Uh, script to these theaters they give you the instructions on how to make the puppet okay i thought you said that they rented out the puppet and then i was thinking well if you've already made the puppet then you can rent it out to other community theaters as well like sort of a puppet exchange program audrey for money and it's a way for a lot of these community theaters to recoup the costs of making an Audrey 2 puppet and we'll maintaining trade Audrey it. for services. Yeah, we'll trade Audrey for services. Audrey's be <laughs> Audrey 2's just being whored out across speaking community of, theaters. Speaking of working in that off-Broadway alley. <laughs> it's a vocal cord exercise. Just don't stick your dick in him. <laughs> Touche. Yep. <laughs> so it's like that meme, man. Anything's a vagina if you're brave enough. <laughs> it's like the scene in Borat. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Okay. <sighs> Fuck. Anyway, it like I said, <laughs> like I was saying, <laughs> Little Shop did not move to Broadway till 2003. <laughs> the revival... Uh, was budgeted at $8 million at first, and tryouts were in May of 2003 in Florida. Uh, For this one, we had the return of the original actor who played Seymour, Lee Wilkoff, only this time he played Mushnick, um, and his wife directed this version, and then Hunter Foster and Alice Ripley were Seymour and Audrey, and Audrey too was voiced by Billy Porter. This version was not well received. Oh. It did not feel intimate. Uh, It wasn't as enjoyable for audiences. It wasn't as charming. Critics were like, this is miscast. So they canceled the production, fired everybody but Hunter Foster, and then started over. Oof. Yeah. 
So they tried again and uh, ended up moving to the Virginia Theater on Broadway with Hunter Foster still as Seymour and then bringing on Carrie Butler as Audrey. And the only other person that I know you would recognize, not necessarily by name, is Michael Leon Woolley, who played Louis the Alligator in the greatest Disney movie of all time. I am, of course, talking about Princess and the Frog. Suck it, Frozen. <laughs> he played Audrey, too. Which, nice. perfect voice casting there. Um, this was technically a revival, even though it never appeared on Broadway before this. And this is because of how successful it had been as an off-Broadway show. Boy, how different the story would be if Audrey too just wanted to play in a jazz band. <laughs> Give me that saxophone, Seymour. <laughs> I was going to try to do something funny, and I failed. So, <laughs> anyway, we'll move on from that. <sighs> so they kept it close to the original 1982 production with only some minor changes, like expanding the title song to kind of match the expanded version that was done in the film, um, and uh, expanding a couple of other songs. They also added more uh, to the reed, trumpet, and percussion sections, because originally it was only a five-piece combo that played. So, like... So you say five-piece combo, does that mean the entire musical... The ones? entire orchestra is just five musicians. So, so probably probably drums, trumpet... Piano, piano. guitar... Okay. Yeah. Um, the national tour started with the birthday boy from today, Monday, when we record this episode... Anthony Rapp from Rent. I realized I needed to. Yeah. <laughs> I needed to let you know. Thank you. As Seymour, um, the new. Well, he probably did a good job. Yeah, he he would have been great. Um, a new production on the West End was mounted in 2006 at the Meniere Chocolate Factory, and this version uh, made Audrey Two look more like a pitcher plant than a flytrap, which kind of interesting there. Um, ran until d September of 2007 after transferring theaters twice. Okay, sorry, I'm thinking of my flora. Pitcher plants are the ones that they curve up and they have like a bell that comes down, right? Yeah. So I could see the logic behind that because then someone like gets underneath it and it just drops down over mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah, it would be, it'd be way easier for Audrey to still talk after eating somebody. Because really, you know, what it should be is that Audrey's mouth is closed for like a week before he can open it again. Oh, you're just going off of Venus flytrap rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I I had a Venus flytrap as a pet as a kid, so... Because of course I did. I mean, you know, when you live in places that don't allow traditional pets, you gotta be creative, like having worms and... Mm -hmm. Well, praying mantises. Tomato worms are not truly worms. They're actually caterpillars for a type of moth. But yes, praying mantises as well. Hey, Rainbow <laughs> and Princess were amazing little tomato worms. <laughs> I think the real name for them is hornworm, but regardless. Anyway. <laughs> um, the UK tour was in 2009, and there have been quite a few other performances, as well as an off-Broadway revival starring Jonathan Groff, Groff as Seymour. But this one began 
in October of 2019, after its previews of September. Ooh. It closed March 11th, 2020. What? What was going on? See, March... What is still fucking going on? <laughs> yeah, right. That, that was about when they. That was about when our work sent us mm-hmm. to, to work remote. So, mm-hmm. That's know. probably the last time I've walked into, like, a Walmart, so... <laughs> true. True. I have been the, I have been the what hero What is the facing. outside world like, Warren? Full of stupid people. Oh, God. Who think that viruses are imaginary. Yeah, um... Pulling back the curtain, Utah's in trouble, y'all. <laughs> Utah's a stupid state full of stupid people. Yeah, yeah. Pray for us. Send good vibes. Send a brain. Send brains. You know how they have, like, t-shirt cannons? Can mm-hmm. we make mask cannons and we can just shoot oh balled my up God, masks at people? Oh my God, I would love a mask cannon. I will aim for the face where the mask should go. So that way, mm-hmm. they'll hit him in the face they'll go, Ow! And I'll go, put the mask where the pain is. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that idea. I like that idea. Well, I However, guess you could say I'm bad at masking my anger at the situation. So, uh, I'm going to close this little presentation for you with a reiteration of the other notable production of this that I would sell my soul for a clear version of it is the production from Pasadena Playhouse that ran from September 17th 2019 to October 20th, 2019, because MJ Rodriguez is phenomenal, and that Suddenly Seymour that we watched gave me fucking chills. Yeah. There we go. Kay has no strong feelings about I have about no this. strong feelings. People should uh, really be talking more about how awesome MJ Rodriguez was as, as Audrey. Um, yeah. But there's my presentation. Are you ready to go see the stage show? I am a pint low on blood, but topped off on excitement. <laughs> we'll go take we'll go take little Warren Jr. over to watch it too. I'm gonna burn that thing when you're not looking. No, he eats flies. He eats the flies and other things. Pretty sure he only eats the flies. Has he gotten bigger since we started recording? Little bit. Little bit. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of has. Um, you know, I don't know if he's really tropical or not. It did snow. You can go live outside. You can go live outside. <laughs> yeah, you're living outside now, buddy. Let's go. Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our favorite people in the whole world? Heck yeah! Today, we would like to thank our stage crew sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our producer circle sponsors, Bianucci, Reagan, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Are you ready for a spoopy deal? Maybe a musically spoopy deal? Right now on Bandcamp, you can order anything from Charging Moose Media, creators of the award-winning musical web series The Hunted Encore, for 20% off using the discount code TONEDEF. 
That's right. You can get the soundtracks for both seasons of The Hunted Encore from Charging Moose Media's Bandcamp for 20% off right now. Just enter the promo code TONEDEF, all one word, at checkout for your discount and enjoy the musical stylings of John Krause, Ned Donovan, Megan Dorn, Marcus Thorne Begala, and more. And it's not just Spoopy Month where Charging Moose Media has you covered. Check out a very Charging Moose Christmas as well, also 20% off with the promo code TONEDEF. Visit chargingmoosemedia.bandcamp.com to get 20% off any album on their page with the promo code TONEDEF. That's T-O-N-E-D-E-A-F. Today! And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. Alright, babe, so what did you think of seeing Little Shop of Horrors the way it was meant to be seen? Uh, it was definitely enjoyable, mm -hmm. and uh, I thought the production values were pretty dang good, and it was uh, entertaining, as I remember. Yay! If not a little bit different, because theater instead of movie. <laughs> good. How'd you like that end? You gonna talk about that? <laughs> I mean, I... I kinda already knew that it. Well, be great. Okay, so the ending I know is different because, well, we'll get into it. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, I'd seen you'd shown me previously the uh, original ending for the the film, the film version. You know, mm -hmm. where it just shows the plants taking over the world and stuff. And when you were saying that this one was gonna be darker like i figured it was going to go that route mm -hmm. but i did not expect the final confrontation <laughs> with the flower from space hell flower from space hell yes the mean green mother from outer space that's not in this show i'm a mean green mother from outer space and i'm bad <laughs> i'm just a mean green mean from outer space and i'm bad <laughs> All right, so, The Little Shop of Horrors, 2008 production from the American Theater of San Jose. The show opens up with a half-flaccid attempt at showing the KT impact that killed the dinosaurs. I mean, an alien plant that lands on Earth. I mean, Little Shop of Horrors. Because they did like a, a scat thing in it, and... uh Wow, I Hansen think... and Scat are not the same thing. <laughs> Did you intend to go into Hansen? No. No, I didn't. Okay. Because <laughs> that was a mbop. Speaking of things that I wouldn't mind feeding to a monstrous plant. Okay. Uh... <laughs> How is that not Scat? Because it's not words. <laughs> I refuse. It's, I refuse to call Hanson scat. It's, it's like it's like uh, uh, alternative rock. You know, had a bastard child with <laughs> with somebody with talent, <laughs> and the baby was left on the back step of a uh, jazz place and grew up. You know, 
working in the kitchens of the jazz place. And... Wishing that it had talent, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. No matter what it could, it did. It couldn't be Ella Fitzgerald. So instead, it was Hanson. Exactly. It's what Kay said. So when I was a kid, and this is going to sound really dumb, I mistook. Now, this is not just one one thing for another. This is three things. Because there's three Hansons? No. <laughs> I thought that Hanson, Marilyn Manson, and Charlie Manson were the same thing for a little bit and was like, like that they were all referencing. I guess that I thought that everyone was referencing Charlie Manson. And I was like, why is Hanson so dark that that song is so happy? And then it's like, oh, no, Hanson, not Manson, but Marilyn Manson, very obviously taken his name from Charlie Manson. Was he? I, I did, I don't know. I assume. You, you, you know me, musically challenged and all that. Um, I do not have any right to criticize you about not knowing something <laughs> musical related or music in general related because I am me. I mean, all three were musicians of varying degrees. Varying degrees. Have you, you've heard Hanson Charlie being Man- on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Charlie Manson was a better musician. <laughs> I was doing that as a joke. I'm sorry, Hanson. I'm sorry. You're probably nice people. Or you're like Ace of Base and you're Nazis. I don't know. (laughs) Now we need to do a flash forward. Hanson, where are they now? (laughs) Middle Hanson is snorting crack off of... (laughs) Off of the younger brother's gravestone. I don't know. (laughs) Boy, this got dark. Okay. Let's, Speaking of dark, <laughs> let's force feed some levity into this. Uh, <laughs> feed me, Warren. Feed me, Warren. Feed me all night long. That's right, boy. You can do it. Feed me, Warren. Feed me all night long. And this concludes the episode. Good night, folks. <laughs> all right, all right. The intro song ends, and we see Mr. Mushnips, who is yelling at Seymour. Wait, no, not Mushnips. What is it? Mushnick. No, it's Mushnips. Oh, fuck. Mr. Mushnips is yelling at Seymour for making noise in the back room, and Audrey for being late. Audrey shows up for work sporting new eye makeup, courtesy of her greaser boyfriend. I know how this show should- I know how this show should have opened now, okay? The, uh, greaser, dumbass, Donnie kid from... Oh, Danny Zuko? Danny, his fucking name. Him and his dumb girlfriend, when they're flying away at the at their, in the end of uh, Greece in their suddenly magic car, and it gets knocked out of the air by Audrey 2's comet as it's entering <laughs> the Earth's atmosphere. I like that intro much better. They may take place around the same time. I kind of figured they had... So- because we don't see any any we don't even see a freaking TV in and that I mean they talk about they you know, talk well, about twelve inch 12 screens inch. and stuff but yeah they may take place around the same time which means Broadway extended universe and also gets rid of Greece too and also means Danny Zuko is dead woo <laughs> I like you Audrey okay or Audrey, <laughs> Audrey too anyways Audrey has an abusive dick boyfriend. Seymour is a fuck-up who breaks things in Mushnip's store, and Mushnip goes outside to yell at street kids who dropped out of school. Cause, uh, Skid Row seems to have two marketable career choices, prostitutes and gangsters on (laughs) 
Skid Row! We get some of Seymour's backstory in song form. He was a poor boy on the streets, and Mushnip took him in, he's gave him a... a poor boy from a poor family. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Now he's working in a shop for free. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, Mushnips took him in, gave him a crust of bread, works him like a slave, and belittles him. Sounds a lot like people's workplace stories in 2020 right now. Mm-hmm. The ensemble, along with Seymour and Audrey, continue on about how it would be nice to get out of this shitty job in this shitty part of Skid Row. More like Skidmark Row. Am I right? Am I? I don't know anymore. <laughs> Anyways, back on Skidmark Row. God so- damn it. <laughs> The song ends and Mushnips laments about how they've not had a single customer. Then he explodes in anger and is like, I'm closing down forever. Seymour, Audrey, no bother coming in tomorrow. I'm closing down forever. Audrey and Seymour try to be like, no, no, no. We need our crappy job on Skidmark Row. <laughs> Maybe we need to spruce the place up, find some new seeds that can sprout some new flowering customers. I mean, God damn it. Seymour has been experimenting with freaky plants in the back room. Uh, Maybe we can shock people into coming into the shop with this freaky monster plant. <laughs> Seymour brings out his freak plant, and Mushnips is like, That's dumb. You're dumb for thinking anyone, and I mean anyone, would want to see or care about this stupid plat. Just then, <laughs> a fancy business-looking fellow bursts through the door. That plant, that fascinating, strange, horrifying, horrifying monstrous plant, is so very interesting. <laughs> where, where did you find such a strange... Interesting, creepy, likely to result in the numerous death of countless innocents. <laughs> plant. <laughs> Seymour is like, uh, you know, it's just a normal plant that I bought off an old Chinese man during an eclipse. You know, normal stuff. <laughs> but in song form. <laughs> Complete with singing dancing girls. <laughs> With our Greek, with our Greek chorus of Chiffon, Renette, and Crystal, the street girls, <laughs> who also were everybody else. Oh, That's true. Yeah. They 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 do lot. They well, I mean, they do all of the the muse yeah. roles, but you know, they they play the the street girl roles and are usually there to be like, "Hey, this guy's bad," or "Hey, Seymour, you're great," or "Hey, why are people going missing?" Yep. <laughs> the businessman goes to leave, but is like, "Wait, I'm a successful businessman." I'll buy some roses for my sugar baby while I'm here. Fifty dollars worth! Mushnips creams his pants with excitement <laughs> at the generosity of this customer. The businessman inquires if they can break a hundred. Mips, <laughs> Mushnips decreams himself, being like, No, the register has gone to sleep for the night. And the busy business person is like, I'll take one hundred dollars worth of roses then. It's perfect for both his wife and his secretary. <laughs> and his mistress and uh, anybody else. I, you said secretary again. Oh, well, I, was, I was implying that he's cheating on his secretary with somebody. Anyway, <laughs> and Seymour, oh. Audrey, and Mushnips all cream with excitement. <laughs>
The businessman leaves with his surprisingly small bundle of $100 worth of roses. Yeah. And Mushnips is like, hey, I'm going to take you kids out to dinner. And Audrey is like, you two have fun. I need to get punched in the face some more by my dickhead boyfriend, who I can't seem to leave, uh, cause I have a thing for bad boys with money. Audrey leaves, and Mushnips is like, well, if it's just you and me, Seymour, that's kinda gay, so I'm going to go to dinner by myself, and you stay here, and, uh, make sure that plant doesn't die, because people seem to find it interesting. Mushnips leaves and Seymour sings about why the mystery plant known as Audrey 2 is doing so well. It's, or isn't doing so well. It's had dirt, water, sunlight. The only thing Seymour hasn't tried is a human sacrifice. Luckily, Seymour pricks his finger and decides to try his human sacrifice on a small <laughs> scale. Audrey 2 seems to react to the blood oozing from Seymour's finger, and Seymour decides to feed Audrey 2 a few drops. What's the worst that could happen? Well, <laughs> if, if Audrey 2 was an actual fly plant, that would have killed him. But the, we, we know it's da, da, not. Da, 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 da. It's come from space, K. It's it's kind of like like his whole, oh, I've been giving you fertilizer and stuff. It's like, no, <laughs> don't do that with a fly plant. Well, keep in mind, uh, Seymour is an idiot. <laughs> He's a dumb person. Yeah. Who doesn't know anything and he just kind of fucks up well, for his whole life. Like it's he... not really his fault because, I mean, he's obviously an orphan who was living in a on the street in an orphanage and hasn't really graduated even elementary school. What's weird about that Which, is... Spoilers, that gets talked about later. What, what's weird about it is that, like, it sounds like he tinkers with strange plants in the back and knows enough to, like, look through books and be like, oh, well, what genus is this and stuff like that. So it's like, he's obviously smart <laughs> enough to be a amateur botanist. I guess I but... <laughs> looked over that a bit. Uh, yeah, so I guess I looked over that a bit. So yeah. He, he, I guess, you know, he is dicking around enough with books, but I'm, I'm sure there are ones that have lots of pictures. Just fair. <laughs> I mean, plant books generally do, so that you can make sure that you're not going to hork something down that's going to make you die horrifically. I mean... Plants don't like being eaten. I mean, fair. <laughs> they like Except, to eat us. Well, some plants like to be eaten. That's why they grow fruit. Okay. They like us to eat their ovaries. Mm, ovaries. Uh, <laughs> Seymour feeds the plant and it grows after he <laughs> leaves the scene. The scene changes to the next day. It's and a grower, not a <laughs> Solidarity, Audrey, too. Uh, the scene changes to the next day and Seymour is on the radio talking about this freak plant of his. Mushnips gets angry because Seymour forgot to uh, talk about the address of the flower shop. And Mushnips tells him as much when he sees Seymour moments later. He tells him that he has more radio interviews to get to, and so he better get going. Mushnips leaves, and the street girls from earlier sing with Seymour about how great all of this is. And Seymour sings and dances with them while trying to keep Audrey 2 from taking a bite out of the ladies. <laughs> Audrey 2 has issues with boundaries. <laughs> Which, that's a song that I'm pretty sure isn't in the movie. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but I, the song that he sings with the girls. I, I don't fucking remember. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're, you're asking me to compare this show that we saw 
uh, no worries. <laughs> no worries. I I just remembered as I was saying it. <laughs> the song ends and Seymour takes the proto murder weed into the shop. <laughs> Hasn't killed anyone yet. Audrey's Audrey Classic shows up shortly after, <laughs> sporting a. F- I realize I missed a joke. It should be new Audrey and Audrey Classic. <laughs> Audrey Classic shows up shortly after, sporting a fancy homemade sling for her injured arm. It complements her black eye nicely. And the street girls inquire why Audrey puts up with an abusive boyfriend. Audrey is like, Well, this is what he does when he likes me. Imagine what he'd do if he was angry with me. And the street girls are like, well, just get a new man and have him protect you. We already have one in mind for you. He's got a green thumb, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) And Audrey Classic is like, Seymour? Well, no, we're just friends. I mean, he's cute and nice and all, but he would get his scrawny ass beat faster than you could say, Ah, help, I'm being eaten by a monstrous plant. (laughs) Audrey Classic then sings about how she does have these little fantasies about having a nice little house in a nice little neighborhood with her nice little Seymour, and they'd have a nice little couch with nice little children eating nice little TV dinners and watching (laughs) Lucy on their nice little television, doing all the nice little pair bonding things. The nice little song ends and we go right into a new song. Seymour singing about how the store is closed for renovation. Because they've had so many asses in the shop, they're making so much money, they need to take a a day to spruce up the place. Really make it bloom. And apparently... God uh, damn it. (laughs) And apparently, new Audrey has really gotten big. And Seymour has all these mystery cuts on his hands because he's so clumsy. Silly, silly Seymour. You gotta be careful when you're working with those pruning shears. God damn. The song ends and Mushnips tells, uh, yeah, sorry, the song ends and Mushnips yells at Seymour for forgetting about a client and their huge flower order because this client is dead and they have a huge family and all of their family members keep dying. <laughs> Funeral flowers are good business. It's too bad that uh, Seymour isn't taking advantage of that. You know what? You're absolutely right. I mean, like we said, Seymour kind of has a simple brain to an extent, you know, so he's my he's more... name is Seymour. <laughs> my name is Seymour. Thinking I can't of, tell uh... you my last name because then <laughs> the Yerks will find, find me. me. <laughs> Listen to Animorphing Time. You won't regret it. <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty. They're pretty damn funny. OK. Anyways. Anyways. Uh... <laughs> Audrey Classic is like, I think mushy tits is too rough on you. <laughs> and Seymour, I mean, I mean. I think mushy tits is too rough on you. Oh my god. And Seymour is like, nah, I owe mushy tits everything. He took me out of the orphanage and put me to work. You know, he's not my dad or anything. He didn't adopt me. He just took me out of this place (laughs) and uh, used me for free labor, giving me a place to uh, sleep and uh, water to drink. And uh, sometimes food, like meatloaf. <laughs> I sleep under the desk. I'm like Harry Potter, except I'm an actual Potter. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't make pots or anything, but I use them. I'm Harry Potter adjacent. <laughs> Audrey Classic is like, oh, 
You should set your sights higher than a bed behind the counter. You're a famous plant person now. You probably have all the goyles asking you out. <laughs> and Seymour is like, yeah, uh, no, but, uh, lots of gardening clubs have been asking me to give speeches. <laughs> me, can you imagine it? I never even graduated grade school. Audrey Classic gets all sultry and is like, you have light and experience. You could be more than you are. And the two of them get close. <laughs> Seymour has a premature misting accident and <laughs> spurts Audrey Classic right in the face with some water. She rushes off to fix her makeup because her dick of a date will be there any minute. And if he sees her with her makeup screwed up, oh, he's going to pop her in the other eye. <sighs> Speaking of her dick of a date, discount Danny Zuko McPrickface shows up. <laughs> out in front of the shop, and he's talking to the street girls. Hey, is this, uh, Skidmark Row? I'm looking for a flower shop that looks a lot like this one we're standing outside of. Do you girls know where it is? And the street girls con Danny Dickface out of a dollar for the information that he's currently standing outside of the shop he seeks. <laughs> but if he's here to see the freak flower, he'll have to try tomorrow, because the shop is closed. Danny Dickface is like, nah, I'm here to pick up my favorite punching bag slash sex toy. The street girls prepare to throw down with Danny Dickface, but are stopped when he offers them some drugs. Hey, you girls want some nitrous oxide? They say no, because they're good little street rats. Danny Dickhead tells them that he's not a bad guy. He just likes doing bad things, and he always has. You know, shooting puppies with a BB gun, smashing in kitten skulls. You know, serial killer shit. <laughs> Where's Nonk? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, where's Nonk? <laughs> I killed him, and then I saw demons. Uh, <laughs> now I'm a dead... <laughs> Oh my god! That's what His happened to Alex Jones' is... dad. Oh my god. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> we'll let that plot bomb simmer for a second. <laughs> Back to discount Danny Zuko dickface. His mother identified her son was a sadistic, fucked up little piece of shit. And instead of, I don't know, beating it out of him, or I guess getting him some therapy, maybe some medication, then again at this era probably no he medication. He would have gotten a lobotomy. I'm okay with that. <laughs> He's obviously a serial killer in training. Anyways, she tells him to find a career where he gets paid to hurt people. And since running for president of the United States is probably out of his reach, <laughs> the next best thing is to be a dentist. Hi folks, Warren here from your favorite musical theater comedy podcast with a brief PSA. I don't like going to the dentist. No person in their right mind does. Just the sound of a dentist drill makes me want to soil myself and hide inside of a bottle of whiskey. However, I've never met a dentist who was a sadistic prick. And every dentist I've ever had is aware of the stigmas of their profession and has always been professional and courteous and aware of the fact that my balls retreat into my body when my ass hits that dentist chair. <laughs> 
So remember, dentists are people just like you and me. And even though they have a profession that everyone else hates them for, like tax collectors and politicians, they are a necessary part of all of our lives in order to keep the large holes in our faces healthy and happy so we can continue doing things with those face holes, like putting food in it. Anyways, I forgot where this was going, so let's head back to the show. Anyways, Danny Dickface finishes his sadistic dentist song, and while I hate him, he has a great song. Danny Dickface walks into the shop and is like, Hey, I'm here for my punching bag. Hey, is that the plant I keeps hearings about? That's a big damn plant. Like, real big. Like, big enough to make my ego look small. Audrey Classic comes out and is like, it's okay, Seymour. This is my abusive boyfriend who I can't say no to because he hits me. Danny Dickface intimidates Audrey Classic right in front of Seymour and is like, You have to train them. Otherwise, they keep thinking that they're people or something. And then he smacks Audrey Classic's ass. He tells Seymour that he should consider taking that plant to a new shop because that plant is his ticket to the stars. He could walk into any flower shop and put that big-ass dick plant on the table and name his price. <laughs> Danny Dickface escorts Audrey Classic out of the little shop of horrors and into his abuse bike. Seymour, grow Seymour goes into a rage, yelling about how crappy that guy is and how Audrey Classic deserves so much better. But Seymour's words fa fall on deaf ears, because Mushnips is only concerned with the prospect of Seymour leaving and big old mushy tits being poor again. He decides to ask Seymour for his hand in adopted sonness. Not because he cares about him, like more than absolutely necessary, but because he's <laughs> concerned about the possibility of losing Seymour to another flower shop. You know, mush for brains, that concern could be alleviated by, like, treating him as a respected equal, mm -hmm. maybe making him a partner, or giving him a raise. But no, let's go with the manipulative douchebag father angle. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Mushy Morals pressures Seymour <laughs> into accepting his offer of fatherhood. I should have said Father Salkerhood. <laughs> a little bit of a throwback. Happy Falker, happy Falker Salkerhood Day. Have a little bit of a throwback to Cake Rex. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing all the references this week. <laughs> and the two dance in the streets. It's really very touching. Not really. More awkward and creepy. Anyways, after the song... The clarinet solo was cool, though. <laughs> yeah, you thank you for reminding me the fact that he pulls a clarinet out of the garbage <laughs> and then proceeds to play it. Nothing like draining garbage juice out of an instrument before you <laughs> stick it in your face hole. Garbage was cleaner in the 50s. Everyone knows that. You know, to some extent it might have been. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, it was a bad joke. <laughs> it's okay. You're, you know, you're allowed to have one or two because uh, I'm me. But only one or two. But only one or two. Or, or so help me, I'll give you another shiner to match the other one on your ass. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kay gave me a look, and then my balls retreated. <laughs> Anyways, after the song, Seymour goes back into the shop and talks to uh, new Audrey and thanks and uh, and thanks Audrey for making his life better. He decides that all his emotional roller coastering has made him hungry. That 
and the persistent blood loss. Seymour <laughs> decides to leave to get some food, and, uh, and Audrey, too, is like, Bitch, I'm hungry! Feed me! Feed me. Seymour is like, Oh, God, I'm delirious from the blood loss, and Audrey, too, is like, No, I'm real, and I'm hungry! Feed me blood, fresh blood, fresh human blood. Audrey, too, then tempts Seymour with a song about wealth and power. If Seymour will only keep Audrey, too, fed, Audrey, too, will give Seymour everything he wants. A nice car, a nice house, a date with a movie star. Tui can make it happen, baby. Seymour is like, no, no, I can't. No one deserves to be cut up and fed to a plant. It's at this moment that Danny Dickface makes his return, <laughs> yelling and belittling Audrey Classic for forgetting her sweater. He then hauls off and slaps her right in front of Seymour. And we all see the fire behind his eyes ignite. Seymour will kill Danny Dickface. <laughs> See, I would have thought that calling him by the name of Orin would be kind of okay, because... Because uh, Orin Hatch is a piece of shit. Yeah, but well. I like Danny Dickface better. Yeah, see, and it's because he, he's a greaser. And, and he looks like Danny Zuko. And I hate grease, so mm. by you extent... Just, you want to imagine Danny Zuko getting eaten by a plant. While Danny Zuko never hit his girlfriend, he did try to rape her. Mm-hmm. So... Eaten by a plant, he is. Yep. No, no, no. He gets hit out of the sky in his That's suddenly right. magic car by right. the man-eating plant. By the man-eating plant. Next scene! <laughs> we see Danny Dickface in his office of pain when who, I ask you who, should walk in but our little shop of horrors friend Seymour. That's right, Seymour. <laughs> He's a man on a mission, a murderous mission. <laughs> And he has a gun to prove it. Danny Dickface is not intimidated by Seymour in the slightest and thinks that he has a gun because he's scared of the dentist. Danny Dickface is like, ah, come on now. Oral hygiene is important. Now open your mouth, bitch. And he proceeds to be like, oh, goody, I have lots to do. Lots of horrible things to do to you. Let's start first with ripping out some teeth. But first, let me show you my special rusty, dull dentist drill. It makes things oh so much more interesting and satisfying. For me, that is. <laughs> but second first, I'm going to get high <laughs> as fuck before I drill, baby, drill. <laughs> One second, Seymour. I'm going to use my special sadist mask. I'll be right back. <laughs> I do love this scene, though. This is one of my absolute favorite yes. scenes, and I love when Seymour comes in with the gun and everything, and he just and, and the dentist just walks right up and just grabs it out of his hand. Nah, you don't need to be scared. Yeah, <laughs> God, yeah. Like, just, I, <laughs> Which does make me wonder how many times he has had a, a gun, gun pointed on. <laughs> I think it's not so much the gun. I think it... You know what? It, oh, I just realized. Because he is a proto-serial killer, He's also a narcissist, and so he probably thinks that the whole world is just yeah, there for him and exists yeah. around him. He lacks empathy, and he probably looks at Seymour and goes, Ah, this scrawny little pinprick isn't gonna mm -hmm. do anything to me. Yeah. You know, and to his credit, he's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, Seymour isn't the one who does it. <laughs> While the dentist is away, the patient will play murderer. 
Seymour launches into his Dow, do it now song, but Seymour can't kill him. Lucky for Seymour, this sadistic asshole is stuck in his own special gas mask and is slowly asphyxiating to death. I have a tongue and it can say words. All Seymour has to do is nothing, which is precisely what he does. All while Danny Dickface laughs himself to death. Joker would be so proud. It's kind of a twisted scene because there's a couple mm-hmm. times you think he's dead and then he gets up and he's like, I'm dying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really love this scene. And again, it's been a while since I've seen the movie version, but I don't think they quite no. do the Because it's not a song in the movie version. I, I remember that much. I re- The movie version I remember seeing, this scene is so much more brief. Mm-hmm. And I get why, because they were trying to market it more to... audiences it is so much more dragged out in this version Mm -hmm. it is it is is. uh disturbing (laughs) it's disturbing but it's great yeah it's it's great but because especially because this guy's a piece of shit so you're kind of like yeah "Yeah, you need to go Mm -hmm. the species does not need you there are other dentists absolutely (sighs) danny dickface laughs himself to death and i applaud like for real i fucking clapped at his death (laughs) Yep, they will vouch. Anyways, back at the plant shop turned butcher shop, Seymour is sawing the night away on Danny's limbs, and Audrey, too, is loving it. Danny's, let's see, uh, feeding, let's see, Audrey, too, is loving it, being fed 180 pounds of douche canoe. Audrey, too, laughs evilly as the scene fades to black. Sometime later, in the next scene, Audrey Classic and Seymour are bulbs to the wall busy. (laughs) Everyone, and I mean everyone, wants flowers from the little shop of, What the fuck is that monstrous plant? Does that fucking thing have teeth? What the fuck? (laughs) But yeah, they are providing flowers for everyone and every event. Finally, 6 p.m. arrives, and the two of them, meaning Seymour and Audrey Classic, start telling people to call back tomorrow, because they're closed. Seymour and Audrey Classic start wrapping up, and Audrey asks if Seymour can close up shop, because she's tired. Seymour is like, no, let me show you my new wardrobe. I have a leather jacket like your douche of an ex-boyfriend who went missing mysteriously. (laughs) Audrey Classic gets all emotional at the sight of Seymour in his leather jacket, and she runs out of the shop crying. Seymour tries to stop her, and he's like, "Uh, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I I just wanted to impress you. And Audrey Classic reveals that she feels guilty about the dentist disappearing because she secretly wished something would happen to him. Seymour says she deserves a nice guy, and Audrey Classic is like, No, I'm trashy and terrible. I don't deserve a nice guy. I have low self-esteem and need someone to abuse me because I hate myself. Whoa, that got a little dark. That did get dark, babe. But yeah, Audrey Classic says pretty much that. Yeah. Seymour is like, No, Audrey Classic, you deserve to be happy and have a nice guy who treats you well. And suddenly, Audrey Classic realizes that suddenly Seymour is right there in front of her, and he wants to provide her some sweet 
sweet understanding. <laughs> I hate how well I can kind of do. Yeah, I was going to comment. Your, your Audrey is like top notch. I, I, I hate, I wish I could do like deeper voices better. But no, this is my God-given talent. It's all right. I wanted to be Audrey when I was a kid. Because I could do that voice. Oh, fat Audrey. Feed me, Seymour. Feed me. There's going to be some weird role playing later. Oh, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) I draw the line at that. The song ends and Papa Mushy Nips shows up to be like, Seymour, go inside. We need to talk. Inside the shop, Mush Nips is like, little red dots on the floor blood-colored dots. And I was called down to the police station. The blood-colored police station. (laughs) The dentist is missing. The blood-colored dentist. (laughs) And they found a bag from our shop in his office. And I saw you eye-humping the dentist's girlfriend. (laughs) Looks like a motive, Seymour. Come to the police station with me. And Seymour is like, I guess I have to kill my adopted daddy. (laughs) Seymour then goes into the shop and tricks Mushy Nips into getting into the gaping maw of Audrey 2 by saying that the day's receipts are in there because silly Seymour forgot the combination to the safe. Silly, forgetful, not clandestine, definitely not plotting to kill him, Mm. Seymour. Not trying to protect his own ass, not... Well, I mean... If you want I, to put it that way. I'm, I'm just sitting here like the suspension of disbelief that these characters have to have. Like, yeah, I'll climb into this giant plant mouth. Well, he told him there was money in there. And we all know that Mushy Nips really is only keeping Seymour around because he wants the money. So you told him there was money in there. Capitalism. It's like a pirate. It's like a pirate. If you tell a pirate that there's an X over there. Capitalism will kill. That it, is the lesson of this story, is capitalism's evil. And it and does. every... It, Capitalism gone wild. So, so, oh my gosh. We need to do another <laughs> one of those. Um, so, basically, like, your, your different capitalists are going to be Seymour and Mushy... Mushy Nips. <laughs> God damn it. You call them by the real name. I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes! Point like, for Warren. Like, with, with Mushy Nips, he's very much, like, focused on, okay, gotta be successful. And it, it's understandable, because, like, for him, with how, oh, my business was failing, now it's doing great, I don't have to worry about things anymore. Seymour kinda gets extra greedy. Yeah, and it, Seymour, I, I kind of get it with Seymour, too, because he has had less than nothing. Yeah. He, and now, all of a sudden, he's he's basically being tempted. I can give you everything you've ever mm-hmm. wanted, mm-hmm. you know? And granted, he does try to stop later, but mm-hmm. by that point, it's, it's too, too far. far. And, like, I, I, I just sit here and I go, watching this, uh, watching this older with more anger mm, mm. <laughs> at the certain economic policies mm. really changes mm. the tone of the show because mm. you've got different types of capitalism going on too. Like you've got, uh, I, I think there was laissez-faire capitalism where it's like, eh, doesn't matter what's going on. I'll just be blind to what's 
causing this, and then you've got the, uh, I'm gonna feed you to a plant capitalism. Hmm. The, I will, I will literally kill in order to get what I want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not necessarily kill, like, he but he doesn't, doesn't he doesn't do any killing, but he puts people in positions to be killed. Yes. Well, some of them are just happens. To, okay, anyway. I, I do wonder what would have happened if he had said, Mushnik, the plant eats people. Well, he still would have had to explain... You know, ha- feeding How? him to the. De- I mean, that's the thing is, like, by the by the point that he decided he was going to kill the dentist. That's he, true. Even that's though true. the dentist deserved to die, uh, in my in my opinion. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. Some people might be like, "No, death is never the end." No, this guy can go. Uh- <laughs> that's that's when you say, "Oh, he was high on nitrous oxide. He came into the shop. I had to defend myself, and then the plant just went nuts and." Show. Well, and then they probably would have tried to destroy the plant, which is also his meal ticket. Or Who it would have been a, we're covering this up. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we would have seen which way Mushy Nips would have gone, but instead... Now we'll never he know. He just goes down the hatch. <laughs> down the hatch. <laughs> Audrey goes, om nom 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 nom, and eats Daddy Mush Nips. In the next scene, an undisclosed amount of time has passed. We know this because the street girls are like, we saw you on TV. You're famous now. Speaking of famous, people are looking for you. The deceased dentist comes back as a flamboyant <laughs> TV producer and the editor of the Life of Life magazine's wife. Everyone wants a piece of Audrey too and Seymour. Another costume change and the not dentist is another <laughs> character who wants to be Seymour's agent and book him on some lecturing tours. Seymour starts to get excited at all the money and success he might get. And he decides that he can't, he can't, he can't keep killing to keep Audrey too fed. No, no, he can't do this anymore. No, no, this nightmare must come to an end. The vegetable must be destroyed. <laughs> but Audrey, classic. Seymour thinks that if he was a poor nobody like before, that maybe she wouldn't like him anymore. Seymour breaks down and si- and signs the agent's contract. Mm-hmm. Kay then makes the comment to me. Notice how they went. M- <laughs> Notice how they went minor, shifting from major to minor <laughs> with by and by. And I have to remind Kay <laughs> of the curse of the witch, and that I have a very very smooth brain musically. But and I like that. I like that one because you've got the, uh, you know, the maker gonna get what's coming to him by and by. And then later it's by and by. Er, shit. I can't get it out right now. But no worries. It, it's a tonal shift that happens at the last uh, by and by. By and by. The, the music just goes into this. Ha, ha. You're a by and by. <laughs> God damn it. I the, love you. I love you. The next scene, Audrey 2 is yelling at Seymour to feed me. And Seymour loses his shit yelling at Audrey 2. Audrey Classic comes in and gives him a little slappity slap, saying, Seymour, you're hysterical. Seymour asks Audrey Classic the hypothetical. If he was back to being a broke nobody, would she still like him? 
Audrey Classic says that she would still love him. And Seymour is like, that settles it. Bullets, rat poison, machete. After we get our picture taken for Life magazine, I'm going to kill that fucking plant and we'll be free. <laughs> and he says all this right in front of the plant. Mm-hmm. That understands and can speak. Mm-hmm. Never give away your plan to no. somebody that you plan to kill. No. Ever. Absolutely not. Unless it's me, then definitely tell me <laughs> so that I can stop it. Just like Audrey, too. <laughs> Just like Audrey, too. Audrey Classic is like, Ah, uh, okay, Seymour. I'm a little concerned about you. And Seymour is like, Everything's okay, or will be, and once we're done, we'll settle down in that nice little house that you want to settle down in, and I'll scorch the fucking earth so no <laughs> plants can grow. No plants! <laughs> Seymour tells Audrey Classic that everything is fine, and he ushers her out of the shop. Seymour stays into the shop doing work, and Audrey too requests, Feed me! Seymour says he'll go get some bloody beef for Audrey, and that should be enough to tide them over until the morning. The plant agrees reluctantly, and Seymour leaves for the butcher. Audrey Classic couldn't sleep. She came down to the shop to see Seymour. But Seymour isn't there! But you know who is? Audrey, too! And they are hungry! <laughs> I mean, thirsty. And the plant asks Classic Audrey, to get her some water, to get them some water. <laughs> Classic obliges, but is tricked by the plant, and Audrey too tries to eat Classic Audrey to become Ultimate Audrey. <laughs> there can be only one! Who knew the plant was also a Highlander? <laughs> Seymour rushes in to pull Classic Audrey out of Audrey too, but I guess the shock was too much for Audrey Classic, and she dies but not before requesting to be fed to the plant because she's a little special. Anyway, And she wants to be somewhere that's green. <sighs> yeah. Her, her, her motivations... Uh, I'm not, yeah. uh, Audrey Classic dies, and the next morning, the dentist returns after another costume change. This time, he's some botanical douche who wants to have Seymour sign a contract so that they can take cuttings of Audrey too and then sell them to people so all across America every family can have an Audrey too of their very own Seymour freaks out on Audrey too being like this you this was your plan all along you want world domination you're a monster and so am I Audrey too laughs at Seymour and is like yes me I will be everywhere, and it's all because of you, little man. And Seymour is like, I'll kill you! And he shoots Audrey too, blam, blam, to no effect. Seymour is like, you think you're tough? I bet you're soft on the inside. And he climbs inside of her mouth to hack Audrey too up from the inside. Only he dies instead of killing Audrey too. Yep, yep. The totally not a dentist comes in with his employees, and they take some cuttings of Audrey too. And flash forward, Audrey too has taken over world domination. Giant vines sprout off the stage and grow and grow, symbolizing that the evil plant has won. Curtain call as the victims of this tragic story come back in their ghostly forms to bow. 
And they're they're in the uh, the end in the don't feed the plants segment. Their faces are in the flowers, which is a reference to the original ending of Little Shop of Horrors, the nineteen sixty movie, which I didn't see. Which we couldn't really see in the uh, stage yeah. version we saw of the the plant wise that they had mm-hmm. faces in them, um, but yeah, so because in the movie that's how they figure out. Oh my God, Seymour's been feeding people to this plant. That's where the yeah the the people have been missing went, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, um, Audrey classic is kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Seymour is also kind of dumb. They were kind of a cute couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why Seymour didn't test his uh, machete technique on, like, some of the vines or something. You know, maybe burning down the shop would have taken care of it, but mm-hmm. he was insane with grief. I think that that's kind of the motivation there, is that he's just, like, he he's despondent, and when you're grieving like that after something traumatic you don't really think things through the right way and um he doesn't think things he through doesn't think ever. things through ever a lot of the characters in this don't think things through ever wow yes yes none of them think anything through ever they all got the idiot ball that hair had the stupid ball Yes, the stu- they had the stupid ball the, from hair. The stupid ball uh, was passed around to everybody in this show, mm-hmm. and they all did stupid stuff, and they all died because of it. Except for our three muses. I was actually three, just about to our say our Greek chorus. The Greek chorus. They they come out of it all right. Yep. Well, I mean, the world is destroyed by this this but predatory plant. Audrey too needs entertainment. Dance for me! Dance! Sing for me! Sing for me, Ronette! Sing! <laughs> yeah. Oh, this version was good, though. I'm glad. I'm I glad enjoyed that it. you liked it. I like the ending of this better than the movie ending, so... I was impressed with the puppetry. Yes! Um, especially considering that they had to make, like, five different mm-hmm. forms of Audrey 2. Mm-hmm. You know, through all the different growth phases. And this isn't even my final form. Yeah, exactly. Audrey 2 is a friggin' Dragon Ball Z character up in yeah. here. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad that you liked it. I, I did. I knew I would because I liked the other version I'd seen. And even though mm-hmm. I knew that there'd be differences, I liked this one too. Yeah. Criticisms aside and all that. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's just, it's in-universe stuff. Yeah. It, it, once you think of it that way, then it's like, okay. Just I'll go along it. for the ride. It definitely is more of a morality tale than the movie is because it's very much like the movie would have been a morality tale had it kept the original ending that cost uh uh yehuda on anamorphing times discord said that it cost five million dollars for that ending i believe it they had extensive models that were destroyed Mm -hmm. lots of people lots of effects they had multiple different Audrey plants that were mm-hmm. destroying. So, I mean, yeah, it, it does not surprise me that they blew all that money. And I, I'm really annoyed that they didn't keep that version. Yeah. Because I feel like audiences are a bunch of little bitches. I, I feel like they could have had a happy medium because I didn't like how drawn out in the movie, in the cut part from the movie, Seymour's death is. I do like it being more of a quick, I'm making a bad mistake, oh fuck. 
then uh yeah because in the movie version um it's kind of drawn out and played it's, for it's really drawn out yeah and, and like him eating him it's like they wrap him up in the tentacles and it's then the in the vines and it's just really slow yeah you know? i think part of that was also to kind of like show off the puppet you know mm-hmm. which uh yeah but yeah i i feel like this i feel like little shop of horrors the stage version does a really good job of being like hey don't be a prick don't be a capitalist greedy prick because greed will get you nowhere and it will fuck up everybody else around you. Yeah. And it will keep spreading just like the vines of Audrey too. Yeah. Yeah. Eat the rich. Yeah. <laughs> Feed the rich to plant, I guess. I don't yes. Know. Something like that. So, yeah. But I'm glad that you liked it. I did. Are you ready for what we're doing next week? maybe this will be another one that i can't believe you didn't see and i was debating on what to do and i was like you know what i want to do this sooner rather than later especially if by some miracle we are able to get a hold of bring in the noise bring in the funk because i want you to see another piece that this person that uh did that the person who did like all the choreography and everything for that also did the choreography for this and uh yeah we are going to be watching the delightful motion capture romp happy feet (laughs) oh i guess where savian glover is a penguin i guess this is the little shop of horrors is the last episode for spoopy month i was sitting here like going what's the next spoopy thing but because all because time is meaningless and I lack an attention span, I forgot that this is the last week of October. Mm-hmm. So November last will week of October. November will kick off with uh, some happy and, tappy and feet. And we will need happy tappy feet because it will be November fourth that that episode uh, is done. Uh, so if you're in America and you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, October twenty eighth, uh, you can't postmark the ballots it sounds like so you need to either find drop-off boxes or very safely vote in person but please for the love of god vote yes please Kay and i already voted we already voted um it's it's one of the easier things to do but of course regardless of how it comes out after the election push your representatives Write to them, call them, email them, protest if you need to. Yes, I'm advocating protest because I always, yeah. I, if it weren't for the fact that I have no immune system, I would be marching, but. <laughs> Sorry, I, I am being quiet because I will say things that yeah may not be good for me to say. Yes, So yes. I will be quiet. Yes, it's. Other than saying, go do <sighs> your civic God. duty and vote. <laughs> Please, God, we it's it's not going to end the nightmare, but it's going to turn us on to a better path eventually. Remember, we can fight it. We still have a chance. Don't feed the plants. Don't feed the plants. So, with that being said, thank you all for listening to this super upbeat episode of Tone Death. <sighs> My throat hurts. <laughs> oh, mine too, but oh, yeah, for a different sure. reason. Hmm. Uh, 
Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. If you would like to reach out to Kay and I, you can do so at our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There, we have links to all of our social medias, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook. We also have a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server, where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel. You can drop by, say hi, talk about musical theater, and, uh... Look at pictures of our dog. Yeah, pet pictures. Those are always yes, good. Yes, yes. And, um, you can on our website, you can also find a link to support the show if you want. We've got merch. We've also got a Patreon. And, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, hope everybody's, uh, doing good. If you want to do just a nice, easy, quick, cheap thing to help out our show, feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, uh... Podchaser, all those podcast apps that you can leave a review. Um, leave leave us a review. Just say something funny. If you say something, I'll sing it. And if you mention Latte, she gets a cookie. Yes, Latte gets a cookie. So, speaking of Latte, we need to go get her her dinner. She so, has been very whimpery yes, because she it has. is past her feeding time. Feed and... me! <laughs> Feed me, Mom and Dad! Stop talking to the stupid box. I need blood. There's only kibble in my bowl. I want turkey. Mm. <laughs> so, that'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. <laughs> this has been Tone Down. Tone Down. Fuck. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. I love you. This will be another crunch time for Eddie. Go, go, go.